luckily we have the internet at, at least it's a synthetic form of of being together but it's it's the best that we have at the moment to be able to promote music and you know discover music everybody we are back with the metal sucks quarantine cast where everybody is at home everyone's doing the same shit as you locked up although many people of course are going back to real life right now and depressingly they are getting sick and here we are all over again we're gonna have to do season two of the quarantine cast just to (laughs) encapsulate all the all the ways in which this situation is so so messed up uh but today to talk about it we have juan montoya uh most recently of moon destroys before that of monstro and before that of torch um juan i don't know if you remember this but we actually have a little bit of a a shared history in i think it was 2012 monstro played the metal suck south by southwest showcase uh, that was a, a killer, killer lineup that year. It's like a, to this day, I don't know how the hell I pulled it off. It was uh, you guys, Black Tusk, Knocked Mystium, um, Darkest Hour, Intronaut, and High on Fire. I, I think that was the lineup. Yeah, that was super cool. That was a great day. I, yeah. uh, I, I, I love Texas. I mean, you eat like a king in Texas. And just to be able to do something with all the bands we played with, I mean, those guys are top notch. So we, we're still grateful to this day. I'm grateful to this day, too. That's awesome. Uh, now, Juan, where are you located at the moment? Right here in the heart of, uh, not the heart of my, uh, Florida, but I'm down south, Miami, close to Little Haiti. Yeah. Close to the Inwood area, which is uh, a big uh, tourist forest area for sure now you see i thought you were in florida and it's interesting that we're talking to you today uh you know and for those of people listening and watching this podcast or show or or whatever you want to call it uh you know because usually it takes a couple days to get these up but today is monday june 29th uh typically the way it's gone with these things is by the time they come out the world has completely changed uh but you know as of right now cases are significantly on the rise especially in florida so, you know, what's your vibe on that? You know, I, I would gather sort of, I think, from an outsider's perspective looking in, one would think that the worst of it would not be in the urban center. You know, it would be sort of more of like the, the like red state kind of areas of Florida, you know, that are, are getting hit hard where people are refusing to wear masks and such. But just, you know, what's it like there right now? Well, I mean, I've, I've been very good at this. Uh, I've stayed home. Quite a bit. We order our food from from delivery services, and luckily we have a big backyard. So I take my child to play in the backyard. We built a swing and a little, uh, you know, a little slide area. She's uh, two and a half, so you know I could tell. I could tell that she is wondering why why she's not see, able to see other friends. I'm wondering why I'm not able to see <laughs> yeah, other right. friends. Yeah. It just it gets kind of lonely, even. Uh, but you know, the family unit gets tighter, and uh, and I'm definitely learning how to cook tremendously. So in that sense, I'm kind of like I'm I'm grateful to have good people in my life. But uh, unfortunately, 
you know, everybody's not taking it serious. Miami is is the part of Florida where everybody travels in and out of internationally. So I think that's why it's skyrocketing. Everybody comes down here for spring break or just for, you know, festivals like the, like the ultra festival during March, uh, the winter music conference. And, uh, it's just, it's just a big hub. We had the Super Bowl here and I think that contributed to, uh, the rise. That's I mean, right. That, I, I forgot about that. Like, I, I feel like I haven't seen that talked about in the national media. Maybe it's getting covered locally, but that was right at the time where now we know the virus was here and circulating and people didn't know it. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't advertised. I think uh, at that point, Trump was just saying that, you know, there's a couple, you know, I, I forgot when the first U.S. patient was like discovered, uh, but it, it, it must have de- definitely been here. I had a friend that uh, one of her boyfriends uh, feels that they caught it because they always, they're international travelers. So it's just like, you know, I, you know, I consider myself lucky even from that early on, uh, from that point early on, because I ended up going to that big Guns N' Roses show that happened along attached to the Super Bowl event. And luckily I had like, some VIP seating that, you know, you weren't like close to people. So I was able to really enjoy it, like right behind the sound, uh, sound, uh, sound booth. And, uh, was that your last concert? I think that was my, my last big concert, like mega attended concert. I, I did go to the Rolling Stones earlier on, but, uh, this, you know, and then I went to one other like club show to see my friend, Ben, Ben Katzman. And uh, after that, I just I saw some Joe Rogan uh, interview with a with a scientist, with someone that actually wrote books on did research on on diseases like this. And uh, from that point on, I took it serious. My girlfriend was supposed to go to like a family uh, like a bachelorette party or something like that. And I'm like, I think it's better if you stay. I think you know, I kind of got a little serious about it. Yeah, and I'll, I'll bet the bat the bachelorette was pretty pissed, but now understands. Yeah, it's just yeah. like the, it took it took a long time for people to to grasp the reality of this, and I think people still take it very lightly. I think the older community, which we have a lot of retirees here in Florida, they, you know, some of the Trump people that still think it's a it's a hoax. You know, I think they're they're part of the problem, along with the people who come down here for spring break. You know, a lot of the people that ran away from the from the situation in New York City and throughout New York, I think a lot of them might have come down here and brought it here. So, yeah, yeah. it's a big problem. I mean, it's stressful. I mean, you feel lonely, even though you're with your family, but you feel lonely because you need that 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 togetherness, that friends, that warmth that friends give to you. And it's just like if you can't see them, it's just you, 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 you do Skype or, or, or FaceTime and you, know, you get like kind of like a mild satisfaction of what you need. But yeah, it's definitely like a lonely thing. I mean, luckily, I, I, being a musician, you, you, uh, you study music, you're indoors, you practice, you, you're, you know, you're in a dark studio most of the day so you're accustomed to it for but people that go out and they 
they experience sunshine and life here in Florida, I think this is a very scary thing, you know. The other day, we actually went to the beach, but we got up super early because our little daughter's working, waking up like at 6 in the morning sometimes. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I saw that a friend of mine told me I went to the beach early and there was nobody at the beach. So I'm like, we got to do that. So we woke up super early. We, you know, it's hard packing up everything with a child and, and making sure that we have everything, food and everything for them. Just for like an hour trip, you know, you know what that's like, you know, father yourself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you want to get up some get out there somewhere early and it's just it's difficult to you gotta go back to the car like six different times because you forgot one thing and you're just like yeah. remember the one thing <laughs> but i was i was so grateful to go there and it was it was it was maybe like five other people on the beach spread out far apart we went to the northern part of the beach i don't want to reveal our secret spot but <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool because i don't worry i'm about a thousand miles away i'm not gonna crash your beach spot <laughs> but I saw my daughter running around, be able to be free, and, and it felt so good that she was able to do that. You know, at least the new generation's what you got to worry about. Yeah. You know. Um, now, and then, how has this affected you personally? Like, I, you know, you released a record with Moon Destroys in March, I, I believe it was, and uh, you know, I'm not sure whether you had touring plans at the moment, but certainly, generally speaking, the plan was to do some touring. Uh, you know, and now you can't do that for. Who knows? A, a year, possibly. You know. So, how are you doing with that personally? I mean, it, it, it's 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 a letdown. Obviously, you can't let it get to you too badly. But I mean, this is just this is a new project that I was able to get off the ground, and you know, uh, Evan, the, Evan Duprima, the drummer. You know, I used to play with him years back, but then. Uh, I was playing in a band Monstrum. We were touring a lot, so I wanted a, a, a band when we weren't touring so I could play locally and just keep my chops up. And I really enjoy how he plays. I think he's a, he's a genius for his age. He's a, you know, he's, he's a tremendous drummer. He's up there. You know, with the, Yeah, I, li- with the, I like him a lot, for sure. And as a person, too, I've, I've had the opportunity to meet and hang out with Evan. He's a rad dude. Yeah. He's a Dave Grohl energy, you know, that the Dave Grohl energy that... that uh, that happened during the early Nirvana, you know, as soon as he joined Nirvana, like the, you know, how the level of mm-hmm. power went up. Yeah. So playing with him is kind of like, I feel it's that strong. So, uh, you know, he's kind of feeling the same thing I am. I wish we could play more often, but I'm down South. I moved down South and, uh, we were playing together when we were, when I was living in Atlanta. So it was just, it was a great thing. But he took off to uh, Royal Thunder, and they were like touring a lot, so we couldn't play music together anymore. But luckily, you know, we he, he you know we were both free at the moment. We get the call, you know, we called each other, and uh, and we planned it to do some rehearsing. We got together, and we were able to come up with a record right away. I think we we kind of, we kind of left off from where we already were at, like tight and and powerful and having a, a connection music musical connection so yeah i mean i was have i'm happy to be playing with him again but not being able to promote the record it's just it's it's a major letdown you yeah, know big, big at least luckily we, luckily we have the internet uh, at least it's a synthetic form of of being together but it's it's 
the best that we have at the moment to be able to promote music and, you know, discover music. And, uh, and you want to get that rush from, uh, from listening to good music and being able to see it. I mean, you know, when you're a musician, you want to see the instruments, you want to see the, the, the intensity of the performance. So, you know, I mean, I've been enjoying Charlie Bonanti, Bonanti from right, doing, doing the covers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, yeah, it was, I actually that. just right right before I uh, I spoke with you, I was doing another interview it was with Corey Glover from Living Color, who participated in one of those covers. He did a cover of Funny Vibe uh, with with Charlie and and some other guys, and uh, it was cool to pick his brain about that. I, we got to get you on one of those covers somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My, the music I listen to is kind of like, I mean, I go from like early seventies, late seventies. Not not the disco era, but the you know the 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 you know the the Sabbath, of course. But then also a lot of like the atmospheric groups, you know, like the Yes and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. then in the '80s, you know, I, I kind of like now I learned to appreciate a lot of the new wave stuff, a lot of the post wave stuff, even like the European like 4AD, you know, like Cocktoo Twins and Dead Can Dance and all that. So. It'll be cool to kind of mutate a song, kind of like what the Melvins do. You know how they cover songs that are kind of like a little bit obscure, and but they turn it into a whole new thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I could get together with some people that, that want to do that, I'm definitely down. Hey, man, well, uh, you're going to be in your house for a while. So, uh, you know, I know you've got a, a small child, so time is not exactly uh, abundant, but, you know, maybe you can make it happen. So, uh, so you put out this EP. It was Maiden Voyage. And uh, is there is there a full album on the way or uh, oh look yeah we're getting a uh, a view of the cover really who did the artwork for that I did the artwork oh it's I, beautiful uh, I I did a piece influenced by uh, by uh, artist that I love Sergio Topi you know and uh, he does this really cool cross hatching I don't know if you can see it because there's a bit of a glare yep. But it's just like uh, this line work that I think kind of like uh, John Basley also does a similar technique. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been working on art since I was a kid. Took a break when I picked up the guitar. But uh, now with all this time, I'm like going at it, doing as much art as possible. That's great. Uh, so is, is there more music in the works? Yeah, they, we actually just released also these demos that we had, Evan and I had recorded them in 2009 uh we did a song called wondrous beast which i i i think it's a massive song and then another song called la cobra we were called stallone at the time so uh you know we just high energy influenced by trans am the fucking champs you know we really we were doing a lot of instrumental stuff but when we started doing re- this record we were going to continue being Stallone, but we decided to turn it into a whole new thing. Kind of like the same thing we did with, uh, with Torch. I ended up joining Floor, but then when we, I started throwing all the psychedelic elements into it, we just decided to start a whole new band. So that's how Torch was. So similar to, to that situation, we, we, we were going to do the Stallone thing, which was a little bit more playful, but then we're like, we recorded the music and it became a little bit more epic sounding so and then we decided let's just ask a couple of people to, to sing on it i think it'll be a whole new element for us and uh the first person i asked was troy sanders 
and uh, you know we we played in Killer Be Killed together. I did the European tour, uh, not the European, the Australian tour with uh, Killer Be Killed. Like their only shows, we did a couple. Uh, we did the fest out there, the Soundwave Festival in Australia in 2015, and. I really enjoyed playing with Troy, so I asked him, I'm like, Troy, you know, would you want to sing on this? He's like, send it over. He's a really cool guy. And he came up with something really cool for the song Blue Giant. And then we're like, well, let's just ask a couple other people. I mean, I know, like, rap artists, they all, you know, a a lot of them um, mix musicians up. They have, like, a whole, it's more like a party vibe of having people on their song. So I'm like, well, let's, let's, let me ask my buddy Paul Masvidal, who sings in uh, Cynic, and he's also a massive guitar player. So he was one of my heroes growing up. He, originally, they were, they were from Miami. I would go see them when they, were, uh, when they were a local band, and they were like a thrash band. And it just they put on a good show. All of them had like super long hair, and they would all like <laughs> do the windmills at the same time. And then this is way before they joined Death. Mm-hmm. before Paul and Sean joined death and uh and it's just like but then they did this mutation they mutated the band into uh into something a little bit more jazzy and avant-garde so I, I really enjoyed that because I was listening to that stuff back then also and uh and we maintained a friendship throughout the years so I asked him if he wanted to sing on it and within two weeks he returned Stormbringer the vocals for Stormbringer and the, just the songs went up another level. So yeah. that was really cool. So m- moving forward, are you going to be having more guest vocalists or are you going to look to get uh, somebody to be in the band permanently? I mean, I think it'll be cool, but I think uh, when I spoke to Paul, he mentioned that he goes, man, you know, let me know if you want to work on something. And he really enjoyed it. So I think for, for new songs, he's going to appear on the, on the music again. Oh, cool. That's great. Yeah, I love love Paul's voice. Uh, you know, I think like he's such an interesting guy. Uh, really, in all way, like his guitar playing, his voice, his uh, his aesthetic, yeah. his uh, you know his lifestyle um, elements. I guess you know, sort of like the the personality is a really interesting character. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I, I met him when he was uh, I guess in the teenager or early twenties. You know, I would go see the band a lot. I kind of was kind of like a little timid to approach him because they were like already gods at that point. But then uh, he, we had mutual friends, this band called uh, Quit, which were kind of like our version of Green Day here in Miami. Somebody that I thought could have like written the, the, the Green Day vibe there. I think they might have been around the same time. Uh, so we became friends and then we would go see each other's bands all the time. And... Uh, and it just, just like he went from like a, a a thrash death metal singer, and then all of a sudden he started doing the robotic vocals, which I thought were super cool. And I remember they would they would get into like like early on like Jane's Addiction, which at the point they were really good. At. I don't know if your audience knows that Jane's Addiction at one point were godly. Yeah, you know they kind yeah. of see like the poppy Absolutely. side, and they see Dave that's like a like a hot topic you know? oh yeah they were they were they were larger than life they were amazing yeah you know and uh and i knew they were into them i think they got piercings like like perry farrell did back in the day mm-hmm. and i'm like you know this before everybody started having them you know 
before Lollapalooza came around and everybody started piercing their their faces for for Lala, the Lollapalooza tour, the first one. Right, right. Well, and all, uh, all you, it's back now. All you got to do is wait twenty years, and everything is cool again. <laughs> yeah. So they were already on that wave, and and I thought it was super cool. And then he started doing the, you know, like I mentioned, the robotic vocals. And then all of a sudden, like when Cynic got back together, they broke up for a while. They got back together, and he maintained the robotic vocals, but then he did a couple of tracks with him, his natural voice, and he's like, he's phenomenal. He's got he's got that Jeff and Tim Muckley vibe, that Radiohead vibe in his vocals, and it's just like, you know, kind of like the Nick Drake vibe, especially with the new albums that he just put out. He put out like a, a trilogy of uh, acoustic songs, and I'm like, man, this guy has, has a nice, vocal range he has a you know he's he's got the the gift of taste you know and you know i asked him you know would you want to sing on the song and the song kind of like we talked about it having kind of like the james addiction echo vibe and also the 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 older robotic vocals that he did and it just sounded cool and it had a little bit of that my bloody valentine vibe and of course, the the pulsating rhythm of the song was kind of a kind of like a pumpkins, you know, upbeat like the groove drums with the with fuzzy guitars, and then we break into like this heavy Melvin's, of course, just like the big influence that that Torch and all the other bands have had, you know, it's it's the big thing with us, you know, Melvin's. We saw, you know, we kind of leaned away from the thrash metal and went more like the direction of Melvin. Yeah. You know, and then the Melvins, of course, had like the Pink Floyd psychedelic stuff, which brought, which brought us back to a lot of like the 70s, late 60s vibe. Yeah. So, yeah, it was cool. It was cool getting together with him. That's great, man. Uh, what, what are you working on? Anything out? You mentioned your. Uh working on the artwork, you're working on new music. Uh, what else is going to keep you busy for the rest of the year here as we continue to grit out this, this lockdown scenario? Cooking, watching Maddie Matheson cook and crack me up. Are you familiar with him? Have you met him yet? No. Oh, man. He's, uh, I, I guess, from Toronto. Uh, chef, I think he does a lot of stuff on Vice. He's, uh, you could tell he still wears Converge shirts, but then he, he also has like an amazing Grateful Dead collection, uh, t-shirt collection. And he's just, he's not only a tremendous chef, but he's also uh, an entertainer. And where is this, on so, YouTube? It's on YouTube and on Vice, the Vice oh, channel. Nice. And, gotcha. uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, I, I learned how to do some, uh, I watched his Thanksgiving, like he would do a, a, a Thanksgiving prep. So it's like the first time I've been able to actually bring, you know, some food to a Thanksgiving family get together. Last Thanksgiving, that's when I started doing the cooking and I impressed the whole family. So I kind of like, it kind of gave me that rush. So I've been watching a lot of him and of course, Gordon Ramsay and a couple other chefs. So I've been enjoying that. And then also, uh, also, uh, FaceTime with a buddy of mine in Colombia who he's also a chef and then an, another friend of mine Renee Acosta who's starting up like a whole thing like he's going to be uh, filming and doing a blog like a cooking blog so I've been learning a little bit from him like whenever I'm having like an emergency a kitchen emergency like I call him up and he goes dude get your shit 
together, man. Put out that fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. So well, yeah, definitely yeah. working on, on music. I got myself a, a killer Charvel guitar. Beautiful. Beautiful Telecaster. And I'm just, it's like, whenever you get a new instrument, you, you want to pick it up more often. So, yeah, there's definitely going to be a lot of music coming your way. That's awesome, man. Uh, well, Juan, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, definitely wishing you well and your family. Hope everyone stays safe down there in Florida. And, uh, you know, definitely continue wearing those masks because no one else down there is. So be safe, my friend. Yeah. A friend of mine made me a really cool kiss mask, so I put it on. There you go. Yeah. Making making mask wearing fashionable. That's the secret. Yeah. And uh, just to let you guys know, we only have a few copies left of these, so go on our on Moon Destroys Bandcamp. And uh, be safe out there, all my friends, other people that I love. Just, uh, I'm, you know, we'll, I'll see you when, when we finally get this thing, uh, in, uh, you know, get this thing going. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Juan. All right. Thank you, man. I appreciate it.